0: Welcome back to the JoJatorium. Well, I think you were, too, whenever uh, it was, we found uh, the German Scheiser porn. Well, let's not lie to each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's what Yeah, it is. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. The fitness class. Working on
1: them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead
0: heard some that you like because again when you support our sponsors you support us and when you support us you bring some pretty cool stuff like bringing on some very very special guests so the jojitorium is more than thrilled to bring on mr david howard thornton this incredible actor has landed his talents to projects like how the grinch stole christmas the musical nightwing escalations the joker and lending his voice to powder burns a scripted podcast that was actually nominated for the voice arts award in 2017 but we selfishly asked David to come on and talk to us all things horror and his horror icon persona, Art the Clown. First and foremost, thank you so much for taking any time at all to come talk to us. We are so excited to have you here. Oh, You're welcome, guys. Glad to be here. Great, great. So uh, first and foremost, you know, you, you've been a pretty busy guy lately. Um, and as I can see here, you were just at the... Uh, the mad monster party in concord north carolina
2: yes yes indeed that was last weekend that was a great time
0: yeah so so is that like a a common thing you're trying to do is get on more of the horror con scene oh yeah i love them
2: it's just it's like i kind of look at it's like a paid vacation of all things it's just like (laughs) it's it's wonderful you just go out and you know fly into different cities all throughout the, the world now we're starting to get me into international waters now i'm going out to uk later on this year so it's out and chill out and have fun and get paid to do it I'm like this is the best thing ever I mean I, I waited tables for 13 years so this is like paradise to me yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome man. that's yeah and it's and that's one thing that I was super interested in too because I, I mean let's you know let's not beat around the bush we're going to talk about terrifier too That's just got to happen <laughs> oh, of,
2: course, of uh, course
0: for sure but you know uh, the role you have with art it's super creepy and you know and if anyone hasn't watched terrifier one you're doing yourself a complete disservice you need to go watch it it is cult classic horror it's it's perfect but i gotta know like you're such a nice guy like you're you're not like you're not like your persona uh yeah but so i gotta know how did you bring that creepiness So like how did you come across the opportunity to put on the face paint for art in the first film
2: yeah um that was a lot of luck On my part, because I I had taken a few months off of waiting tables after I got back from my last tour with Grinch, and I was like, I just wanted to focus on auditioning. But I was focused more on, like, auditioning for stage and, like, Broadway and stuff like that. And I had been in, like, final callbacks for about four or five different Broadway tours and shows and, like, final, final callbacks. And, like, they all fell apart for one reason or another. Like, one of them literally came down to a coin flip. And I thought I lost that coin flip. And I was like, ah, dang it. And then um, an audition notice was posted looking for a tall, skinny guy that had clowning experience or physical comedy experience to play art. And I knew the character from All Hallows Eve already. So I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect for me. I had never done film before other than extra work. So I was like, this would be, you know, this is a low budget independent film. So I don't know who's going to see this thing. I don't know if it will be successful or not. Probably not because it's a low budget independent film, you know. So it's like, you know, but who cares? This is good experience. It's a great role. I think I would have fun doing it. I could learn a lot doing it. So, yeah, I, I want to go in for it. My, my agents um, at first were like, well, it doesn't pay much. I'm like, I don't care. I want the experience right now because I can use this for a real. I can use this for all kinds of stuff in the future if this does not pan out. And they're like, OK, sure. They sent me in and I booked it. And then it took off, and we weren't expecting that. So it was like, hey, I, I'm glad I took that risk and took those few months off. Because you know, if I had gotten any of those other shows I had been up for, I wouldn't have been able to audition for it or film it. So it was like, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. So I feel
0: very, very fortunate
2: to be where I am right now.
0: And we are fortunate enough that you got into that role too, because, like we said before, it's one of our favorite films. So thank you, thank you. Uh, it's, it's been incredible to watch you grow as an actor, uh, especially you know because we're everyone's watching you know, it's, <laughs> So it's just kind of cool to see where you're going with it. So I got to know. Um, with art is a silent, masochistic, just yeah, kill machine. So <laughs> uh, comedy time with comedy, yeah, <laughs> comedic timing, which is the best oh, yeah. part
2: of it. Uh, so he plus the, the slaughter and laughter yes he puts the he puts the laughter in slaughter there we go <laughs> put that reverse it <laughs> it doesn't matter we're slaughtering <laughs>
1: oh, I that up. Oh.
0: <laughs> so did you take any influences from like some other projects you've been in or did you find yourself in any kind of like a uh, horror movie marathon where you're like i gotta take pieces of this or that or, yeah. or anything you found that you wanted to use
2: uh, a little bit
0: of both i mean Uh, First of all, I definitely based him on a lot of the horror icons
2: that came before him because I kind of look at art as kind of like the ultimate slasher fanboy. He's got little bits and pieces of every slasher icon that came before him in his personality, in his character. So I I added that there, but I also took my love of great physical comedians and silent film actors and put them in him. And one of my big inspirations was um, the man I was so lucky to understudy for five years with Grinch, Stephen Carl. He was the Grinch in our production, but he was mainly known for playing um, Robbie Rotten from the show Lazy Town, if anybody's familiar with that show, it's for the little ones, but he was an amazing physical comedian. The the, the man was trained in clowning and all that, and so he was a master at that craft, and so I, I felt like I was training under Picasso, basically, when it came to this kind of stuff, and and he, you know, he really helped inspire a lot what I did with art because I came fresh from doing Grinch for five years. So that was in the forefront of my brain, what Stefan was bringing to Grinch to all the crazy cartoonish physicalities. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's let's put that into art that, you know, build off of what Mike Gianelli, who was original art had done with him. Let's, let's build on top of what he, the foundation he already set for me because I wanted to bring more of the clowning aspect to the character than had previously been there because, I, I kind of like that idea of a a truly sadistic villain, but who's also very charismatic and funny at the same time. So it's just like it makes you really question who you're rooting for.
0: Yeah, that, like- I was gonna say that. I I found myself kind of I was like I was like I, I hope he gets her. Like <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know
0: who I was. Yeah, dude. The the and I'll say too, right at the the precipice of that, like is uh the gun scene with the, the, the turnaround you think the final girl is really getting the the turnaround on this and all of a sudden you're like nah screw that nine millimeter pop <laughs> boom yeah
2: oh that that was that, um, that night we filmed that where i was i commented it was like oh we were going to piss off some people with this, <laughs> they are not going to see this coming uh, and that, that was like one of my favorite moments when we first screened the film in a theater we had a packed house standing room only house at Lincoln Center of all places here in New York City which is amazing wow. in itself But like the the reactions from the audience was so cool because you had so many different reactions happen at the same time. You had some people that screamed out in pure terror. Others screamed out because they're pissed off (laughs) because they're like, fuck you, bullshit. (laughs) Then you had other people start laughing hysterically at what was did. They're like, that was ballsy. (laughs) That was awesome. And so you have all that happening at the same time. I was like, oh, that was a great feeling.
0: When you take those creative risks and they pay off like that, is that kind of where you find the iconic footing then? Is that where you kind of cement art in like a, a different kind of category? Like kind of almost like breaking fourth wall to a degree?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of do because that's what we did. We did something unexpected there and with other scenes too in the film. But It's like we, we went beyond what you typically now see in slasher films, especially when it comes to the gore factor and like the just the how the viciousness of the character i'm like most it seems like most slashers you see now are heavily cg'd in the gore they have and it is almost cartoonish in a way if they even show it yeah and and they don't linger on it like we do oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> As like even when I read the script the first time, you know, like the whole description of the hacksaw scene, I, I contacted Damien. I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." I'm like, I, "I'm assuming we're not going to show any of that." He's like, "Oh no, we're going to show all of that." <laughs> I'm like, "Hell yes!" As like, that, that's when I was like, "Oh yeah, this is totally going to like resonate with people because we're actually showing the kill scenes again." Because so many people just don't do that anymore. They're trying to play it safe. They don't want to offend anybody. You know? and, I, and of course, we have gotten our haters out there that have been like, oh, you're misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he's the villain. Yeah. That's what makes a bad guy a bad guy. He's doing horrible, despicable things. We're not cheering for him for doing that to people. That's horrible what he's doing. And it's just like, But that's what makes a, a villain a good villain is when right. he does something reprehensible like that. And what's even more interesting is when people find it entertaining. I mean, that's, that's one of those things that would turn some mirror on the audience itself. And they, you have to really sit there and reflect like, why am I enjoying this?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, going into those horror icons that you kind of brought to art, the clown, do you have a favorite horror movie from oh, your childhood oh, yeah. or currently and uh, that you just watch like in your downtime?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, like I, I would say probably my, my, two top favorites right off the top of my head would be the original texas chainsaw massacre and um because just got characters in that just fan that's the whole family in that is just wonderful it's just like it it starts off just with the hitchhiker and it's just like god this is going to go to some crazy place i when i first saw that in college i was like this is fucked up but it's so good it's so good and and the other one would be, uh, of course, Freddy Krueger. You know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: Dream Wars is probably one of my favorite slashers of all time. The kills in it are so creative. It's, that's when it really figured out where it was going character-wise, story-wise, everything. It just hit all the, every everything it needed to be right there. It was just, mm, that was such a good movie. And I, I think the the character of Freddy is probably the best horror villain ever created. It's, it's such... A creative and scary character because this is something that you can do infinite things with because most of his kills all happen in the dream world so you can do whatever you want to anything you think up you can do because you're not bound by the constraints of reality but also he's a villain that you can't get away from it's yeah. it's you, you can hop in a car and book it out of town if you know jason or mike myers or leatherface are coming after you freddie's in your dreams Right. And you gotta sleep at some point. If you don't sleep, you're gonna die. If you sleep, you're gonna die. I mean, that's just that's just a horrifying, you know, concept. But it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Like Wes Craven just created an amazing
1: character with him. Right, and like maybe one of the best slashers that had like a personality. So much yeah. like a clown, you yeah. could you found yourself rooting for him in certain yeah. In yeah. circumstances. Like you oh, don't, don't care, care what's him. happening, what Nancy's gonna do in the next movie. You want right. to know what Freddy's up to. Like, yeah.
2: And also, like how creative is he going to be? That's, yeah. that's, that's 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 like you love those, and that's why I think people love Jason so much. It's like the creative kills. You know, it's, it's not just simply just stabbing someone. He's like sleeping bag kill. He <laughs> douses someone's head, and like you know, uh, liquid nitrogen
0: smashes it. It's that
2: kind of stuff. It's like, oh god, these kills were fun and creative.
0: And that was kind of like when I when I could find someone to compare art to, I did compare him a lot to uh, Freddy Krueger because I felt like both characters have. Layers and a lot of it's based in uh comedic overtone. So, yeah. like, you know, the, the kills are brutal. I think in both oh, movies, yeah. and I think, and I think the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were one of the last bastions where you actually saw the kills occur in most yeah. and most over the top ways. It's fantastic. The pool of blood coming out from the the bed is so iconic.
2: Oh god, the the marionette scene with all the sinew and muscles yeah. and everything. It's like, oh god, that makes me cringe when I yeah. watch it because I was like, oh that that's got to be painful.
0: And I I feel like, so I I always felt like Freddy Krueger's ability to manipulate things in the dreamscape is very similar to, and this is kind of a weird thing to say, the garbage bag of art. I feel Mm -hmm. like (laughs) the abilities of Freddy Krueger are manifested in the garbage bag because there's a little bit of everything in there.
2: Yeah, it could be anything could be in that bag. And that's what I love. it. It's kind of like Felix the cat and his magic bag of tricks is (laughs) just like... (laughs) So anything we want could be in that bag. And be, I get the question all the time it's like, what is that bag made of that it does not just fall apart
0: and rip open? I'm like, it's it's a glad bag. <laughs> yes, John Cena endorses them. They gotta be tough, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're you are cemented in the horror world right now. Um, have any of these horror icons reached out to you, like a community rallying kind of idea, like anybody that of, of notable Ilk, or maybe some people we haven't heard of yet. If you've teamed up with,
2: yeah, that, that's the one thing that I was really nervous about once we first started going, doing conventions because it's like I had no idea how you know the legends would all regard us. I, I, I was like, oh my god, I, I, I was so afraid they were just going to look down their noses at, at us and be like, who the hell do these guys think they are? We've been around for like 20, 30 years doing this stuff. Who, who, who's this clown? Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> And it was the opposite was true is all of them have just been so welcoming and they're big fans of the series as well As like they i i think a lot of them are happy that new blood is finally being brought into the genre new stuff is being done we're bringing things back to basics again because it's like we haven't had an icon since you know jigsaw came out yeah and it's just and people have tried oh boy have they tried but it's just nothing's resonated with audiences so it's, that's one of those things that was really cool is just seeing how accepting it was. And it's like, I, I remember specifically like Bill Mosley. Um, he had, back when I was used to be on Twitter, he used, he and I used to casually correspond with each other right before I did my first convention with him at Days of the Dead in Chicago in 2018. And I was like, oh, this is so cool, Bill Mosley, of all people, that's awesome, but I was like, yeah, he's just probably being nice and everything, and so I'm setting up my table at the convention, and he comes, he beelines it right to me when he got in there, and he's like, hey, David, Bill, I'm like, hey, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) wow, he's like, hey, welcome, welcome, I just wanted to introduce myself and everything, and I want to take you around and introduce you to some of the other guys here, and so he took me around meet like john kazir and kane hodder and all these guys like hey this is david he's the new guy on the block all this and they're like oh yeah we've heard about terrifier blah blah and that was really really cool it's kind of like you know just like an initiation into the guild in some kind of way and it's just and i've become good friends with a lot of those guys now too because we do these conventions with each other all the time And like just last week i was in the hotel gym exercising with kane Hodder, we're both on treadmills together just chatting away and i'm like this is so bizarre and they you know so many of them want to be involved in terrifier as well and it's, that's what's really cool is just saying that 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 they are interested in being part of this as well and we've gotten a few of them involved so far like you know felissa rose and Tamara Glenn, and like chris jericho is involved too and it's and, and like we want to involve more of them it's just like we have to write the characters and stuff like that Yeah. We, 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 we want to do them justice in a way we don't want just like and it was, you know, it was just this character and man yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like I, I know like bill really wants to be involved somehow it's like part two and we're like ah we don't have anything worthy of bill mosley in part two you know it's just like oh, man. we'd have to create a character for bill <laughs>
0: yeah Man, and and Bill Mosley uh, again it, around here, especially for Adam and myself, Bill Mosley's up there. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. iconic roles, uh, wonderful ability to kind of take on just yeah. about any kind of any kind of face, really. I mean, he is so versatile. Yeah,
2: he is. He can go batshit crazy with stuff, and like in real life, Bill is just like the nicest, most chill, laid back guy. And he is yeah. just such a sweetheart, and that's how so many of them are. That's what I think is so funny. Is like. All of us that are known for playing these horrible, terrible creatures and monsters and people are usually some of the biggest teddy bears in real life. <laughs> and,
0: and and honestly, you know, we, we were saying that too before we got started that you're so friendly and you were so nice to us as well. So that rings true. I mean, it, it's incredible to see that some of the most terrifying horror icons are just willing to just break down those walls and, and, and love talking about their craft, which is incredible for us. Uh, Cause we, we, you know, as horror fans, we're always hungry for more. We want to know oh, yeah. how things work and the intricacies of things. So. Oh,
2: I love that, that aspect of it. I mean, I'm, I'm big into the technical aspects of how things are done. I mean, that's, that goes back to my childhood. When I, I first saw the making of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it was like, they showed how they did everything. I was like, this is intriguing. I love this. And back when I used to do community theater, if when I was, if I wouldn't be cast, if I wasn't casting the show, I would work tech. Yeah. So I was behind stage doing you know, moving the set pieces and making all the special effects work, and I love that aspect as well. It's like anytime I go see a Broadway show and there have a lot of special effects and stuff like that, I'm very intrigued to see how they did everything. Sometimes I've gotten taken like when they uh, had King Kong here on Broadway a few years ago. My friend was uh, the understudy for Anne Darrow in it, and so I went to go see her, and she actually was on stage that night as Anne. So after the show, she she gave me a whole entire tour of how they operate the big, huge puppet of Kong and all that. So I got to see how all the magic was made. I love that. That's how I am. It's like, I love seeing how the magic's made. I'm even like that with actual magic, like stage magic. I I studied a lot that I was different magicians assistants growing up. And like I'm more fascinated how the trick is done than actually the trick itself. To me, it's like a puzzle. I like to sit there and watch magicians and try to figure out the puzzle the whole entire time.
0: Cool, man. So we got like we said, we gotta talk about Terrifier too. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got we got to get to that. So uh, Terrifier definitely left fans of the film wanting more, and the ending of it really lended itself for <laughs> a sequel um so how did talks about uh the part two come to fruition like how did was it who initiated the initial contact to get that thing rolling
2: Ah, uh, that was damien i mean we when we were filming part one we already had ideas we were already brainstorming ideas if we were lucky enough to make a part two we 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 loved the character of art and we wanted to do more of the story and so we were talking then but you know we weren't being you know we were trying to be as realistic as possible because we're like oh, we're a low low budget independent film. Who knows if anybody's gonna see us in the first place? But we would love to make a sequel <laughs> because we think there's more story to tell. And we actually like that's why we filmed the morgue scene. We, that wasn't in the original first cut of the film we showed in uh, Telluride, Colorado, back in 2016. And the audience was really clamoring for more. And so Damon's like, "Well, let's go ahead and put a, a little coda to it." And so people know that art's going to be back. And so we added that morgue scene in there, just, you know, give that audience a yeah. little taste of something what's to come. And that's basically where we start part two.
0: That, and it, that's so cool too. That, that morgue scene, uh, it kind of reminds me of some more other like iconic horror movies where, uh, especially Jason being electrocuted and coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of reminded me of um, so we're talking about the second movie here too you guys kind of crested into something that we we found to be pretty fascinating where you did a bit of crowdfunding yeah for part of the part of the film here and um so whose idea was that for crowdfunding i i think that was just the production team especially
2: damien and our our producer phil and the fuzzled lens guys because uh they they've all done a lot of crowdfunding for their uh their different films and so they we went you know we all kind of just teamed up together if those that don't know the fuzz and lens guys are the um they helped us with part two uh mike levy jason levy and steve delicella they um mike was the exterminator i decapitated and steve and jason were the two police officers at the end they came in later on into the film uh and it's like They've done some other films like Abnormal Attraction. I'm doing another film with them right now called Stream, which we have a lot of horror icons involved as well in that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so like Dean Wallace, Jeffrey Combs, Tony Todd, Danielle Harris, you know, Phyllis Rose, Danny, Dave Sheridan. It just keeps going and going and going. It's amazing. But that's, that's where we got the idea from. It was like, why don't, you know, because we, we had tried shopping it around to different studios and still people were not really giving us what we wanted. We had a few bites, but it was nothing substantial. It was kind of like a slap in the face. It's like, really? You're willing to, you know, because I, I, I did research myself and I was like, okay, how much are, you know, low budget independent films usually made for, you know, and they usually go for a few million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? Wow. And these people are the offers they're giving us for not even a million dollars. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're already a proven
0: commodity. Yeah. Uh, for and sure. Like, your your streaming is- numbers alone had to be through the roof.
2: Yeah, I mean, we were like the whole two years we had our contract with Netflix. We were one of the top 10 horror movies the whole entire time we were on Netflix. So it it's, it, it was astounding me. I think they were just looking like what we made the first film on. And it's like, well, if they can make a film for like less than, you know, $50,000, then hey, we don't have to give them a big budget. I'm like, no, we want to have a bigger budget so we can actually pay the crew yeah. this time. <laughs> and, it's like you know we we worked for peanuts if anything on the first film especially our crew and you know everybody put their heart and soul into it and that's why it came out as well it's like it wasn't the money people were working for they're working for just they believed in the project yeah. so we're like well you know if you know no one's going to really give us the funding we might as well just turn to the fans and that's what we did and we ran that indie Yoga campaign and Our initial goal was just fifty thousand dollars, and I I remember Damien when we first were trying to set the goal. I I said we should make at least a hundred thousand. He's like, no, no. I well, let's make it fifty. But I even doubt it will make even fifty. I'm like, dude, we'll make fifty. Yeah, (laughs) easily. And we made that first fifty in like three hours of posting it. It was insane. We we made over two hundred thousand dollars on the the campaign, and you know we could have made more if we kept the campaign going if we just kept it open, but we just close it off there. And I was like, ah, man. Because I had so many people approaching me afterwards, like, oh, God, I want to still contribute, can I? I'm like, nope, sorry, aren't. <laughs> but, but that's the cool thing, though, is just like it being fan, you know, basically most of it being fan-funded, It's it's a film where we didn't have to worry about the studios coming down on us and telling us what we could or could not do. We can make the film we wanted to make. We didn't have to answer to anybody else. And so that was that was the luxury we had. If we wanted to go crazy with a, a kill scene, we could go crazy with it and like, F, fuck it, let let's do it. Let's do whatever we want to. And that's what we did. And in a, in a weird way, the pandemic even helped us in that <laughs> regard because it gave us some more time because we we had started filming two of the big kill scenes right before the pandemic closed us down here in New York. But Damien had to take some time off just to build the prosthetics for the rest of the kill. And then the pandemic, boom, locked us down. We're like, crap. Well, we have that time now because we don't know how long until everything's going to open up. So Damien's like, well, we got the time. I got nothing else to do right now. I might as well revamp what we were going to film and flesh it out even further and now i can take the time to build these prosthetics and make these kill scenes even crazier and that's what we did like uh one of the kill scenes which uh, we started filming it right before the pandemic and and it's what we were already filming was enough to make one of our crew members who's a huge horror fan have to excuse himself from the room because he was getting nauseous that's what we're originally filming (laughs) and that was only supposed to take us like two days maybe to film that maybe three and that ended up with the new revamped version of it it took us almost a week to film oh man so (laughs) prosthetic heavy it's just there's so so many elements in this scene that weren't originally there and it's it's night and day and it's it's a vicious vicious scene i i think we're probably going to get definitely some hate for for this scene because (laughs) especially some from some more like conservative christian type groups like this is just vile and disgusting and horrible what you're doing i'm like he's the bad guy this is yeah. what makes him <laughs> truly deplorable and evil this is what somebody like this would actually do it's not nice but we we do it in an entertaining way too that which i think so it's not just horrible horrible viciousness happening it's also art's doing his art stuff while yeah. doing this so it's just like god i shouldn't be laughing at this i shouldn't be you know smiling what why why and and we we've um when we've been at some of the conventions recently um damien likes to get feedback he likes to see how things people responding to this and so we we have shown it to a few people not just like a rough cut of it, so they haven't even seen the fully edited version yet, but we showed like a rough cut of it to some people, and like um, one person in particular, Heather Riker, who does a lot of the Q&A sessions with a lot of the cons around the country, she's huge horror fans, so we're like, okay, we gotta show Heather this. We gotta see, because if anybody's gonna give us an honest opinion, it's gonna be her. She started crying halfway through it, because she was so happy.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) awesome
2: it was just like oh man because at first i was like oh no oh no we've devastated we've broken her oh no oh no she hates me now oh no she hates me now but she's like no no and she even went on facebook after watching the scene and wrote a whole big thing about it. it's like oh my god this is this is what horror fans have been wanting and that's what we do we're making the type of film we want to see because all of us are making it our horror fans it's so we don't have studio executives that think they know what people want to see and think they you know it's like that don't really care about the genre they just see dollar signs no we're actually passionate about what we're doing and we want to make it the best we can and that's why it's taken a little bit longer for it to come out because damien especially one probably one of the biggest horror fans you'll ever meet i mean he's got like an encyclopedic knowledge of even the most obscure horror films and he's—he's. He's, this is his baby. He wants it to be as good as it is. So he took it upon himself to edit it and everything, because he—he he didn't want anybody else ruining what his vision was. And it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's hard for one person to sit there and edit a two-plus hour movie by themselves. And I—I'm I, glad he did it though. Is as, as long as it took, but because it's what I have seen is just so good it's i'm i'm very excited for everybody to see what we've concocted awesome we're yeah
1: pumped. so speaking of the fans were there any uh, special items given to those that pitched in money for the crowdfunding any any cool items that stuck out oh yeah there?
2: yeah i mean I, I i god i'm trying to remember all of them but you know we had some like hats and horns i think maybe um that i signed uh i i think we have two costume pieces you know, like of my my actual clown costume that are screen worn so oh. that we, we have given away and i uh, some of the bigger what the bigger hot ticket items were were um if they i think they gave like five thousand dollars to it they could have a could be featured in a kill scene in the movie oh,
1: nice!
2: and that we filmed that we had we had brought in some of the indiegogo people for this scene that's in the movie and they're featured pretty well in this scene and we filmed that literally the week before everything locked down here in new york oh wow and that was one of the coolest we're so stressed out about this week because this this scene is a is a big set piece in the film early on and there's so many technical aspects and elements to it that could go wrong we had a lot of stunts we had a lot of other stuff going on and pyro all it's so a, a lot of moving pieces, very stressful. We were like, "Oh God, this is going to be a disaster." And it was the most fun week we had on set. It, everything flowed so well. We, it was like a big party atmosphere on set the whole entire time. We'd go on set, then we'd go hang out afterwards with all the you know the the, the fans and stuff like that, and party all night, and then go back to film some more the next day. And it was it was a blast and. and I can't wait for, wait for people to see this scene, dude, because it's a crazy scene. It's, yeah. it's so much fun. So that that was, I think that was probably the coolest thing that we did give away. I mean, we we had like one, one of our 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 our, um, our contributors when he, we were killing him the first time. We had to do it again because he was smiling the whole entire time. He was <laughs> just so happy. He's just like, yeah. That,
0: that's how Adam and I would be. I'm pretty sure if we were getting killed yeah. part of the time I'm like, oh, this is so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he's like it's just like
2: dude you're, you're getting killed you shouldn't be so happy
0: <laughs> he's like i'm sorry <laughs> i'll do it again i'll be here all
1: day it's totally fine
0: <laughs> it was
2: so much fun I, I think you know all of that just brought a new energy to the set too because it's like yeah it's like we got to see how the fans are responding to what we we're doing so we're getting some fresh eyes looking at what was going on and so their, their excitement just fed into our energy
0: yeah and and the energy that comes from the kill scenes that we've already seen in terrifier one and i can only assume when we put some uh some oomph behind some bigger kills <laughs> that adam and i are just going to be it's gonna the rewatchability is has already gone through the roof just because yeah. you're talking about it. <laughs> oh god this is
2: definitely going to be one of those rewatchable films it's just there's going to be so many things you're just going to and i god i mean like damien and i We're just talking on the plane the other day about, oh, we can't wait for people to see this scene and this scene and this scene and this scene and this scene. scene." I'm like, oh my God, they're going to go nuts over this scene and this scene. (laughs)
1: It's
2: like, oh, it's exciting. And we've done some creative things with it that you have never really seen in a horror film before too. It's like some things that you're just like, oh, well, that's a funny situation to put a killer in. Uh. And one of those was even birthed through just a happy accident we had on set. It was like, I, I can tell the first part of this because it's not really spoiling anything but there's a scene where i was supposed to just come crashing through a window and that you know that's that's cool enough but you've seen it done so many times and but we're just doing it because it leads into other stuff that happens but um when they got the big pane of glass that they were supposed to put in that i was supposed to crash through they opened up the box and it was broken Uh oh and it was late at night. So, there, and this is the only time we could film this scene. We couldn't come back a different day. And we're like, well,
0: crap.
2: What do we do here? <laughs> it's like, we only have this. These people aren't around. So, what are we going to do? And like Damien and I and some the fuzz guys, we just put our heads together and concocted this whole new entire scene that's not even in the script. And I think it's beautiful. It's, it's not beautiful, but it's, it's just like, it's something you've, You would never really think of seeing in a horror film and it's so creepy but so amusing in the same way it's just it's so unsettling and i love it and i'm like this would never have happened if that little mistake had happened and that is i i can't wait for people i can't wait to see how people respond to what we do there so i can go that's the scene. that's the scene. that's something we did that's it right there (laughs) we just came up with that on the fly they were just like
0: So of course, you know, you, you've given us some insight to Terrifier two, and we we'd never ask for spoilers, but we want to ask though. Mm-hmm. So we don't the ending, but is there any possibility of a Terrifier three, or maybe a return to an All Hallows Eve type scenario for art, or maybe some new adventures for art? Of course, yeah.
2: It's like I mean, that's why we set it up from the beginning that he's super. There's a supernatural aspect to the character, and we, um, and we set that up in part one when he's brought back from the dead. So we want put that out there you know like we wanted to go ahead and nip that one horror cliche in the bud and be like hey you know because you know yeah you got to kill the guy off somehow but you got to bring him back somehow so let's just go ahead and acknowledge this now instead of later down the line yeah there's something here and we fully acknowledge that in part two so yeah there can of course be a part three awesome how come about i can't say (laughs) but we have some pretty freaking
0: cool ideas I can't wait to see what those ideas are Uh, you guys have come up with some really creative ideas uh, and and that leads me to a question I wanted to ask you know most horror sequels see uh, more of the actors and the crew come together to feed more into the creative process of the film's creation so uh, were you brought in to do more than you did from the first film
2: yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I'm like, because I did collaborate a lot with Damien during even the writing process. He and I would just constantly message each other ideas. And even if like the, my ideas weren't used in the film, sometimes they you know, like spawned other ideas that he would, you know, and we would just kind of ping pong back and forth with ideas with each other and create scenes out of it. And I'm like, okay, now now you do your thing and write this down and make something cool happen with these fun ideas we're even doing that with part three already we're just like oh yeah we got ideas let's see how it all comes together but that's what's really cool about you know working with Damon. he's very 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 much a collaborative director of course you know he makes the final decision with everything yeah he, he has his vision he knows how he wants things to be but he's also open to other ideas and allows for us to experiment because sometimes someone else might have an idea and it might work better than what we had originally planned and that happened several times on set and it was and it's not just scenes with me like uh other actors as well especially lauren um who's playing sienna in this i mean she's i i think even going into part three if she survives (laughs) 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 but um you Know, like, she, she had a lot of input into things, especially with her character, and because she really loves this character, Damien loves. I, mean, I I, I, this is a character Damien's had in his head for even before he created art. It's a very Ellen Ripley badass type of character,
0: awesome man! Yeah, and it's just yeah. like,
2: uh, and this is really her story. And this, like, I kind of look at Terrifier's art story, this is her story, right. and art fits into her story, so it's, it's her origin in a lot of ways, and it's. It's great, but I, I don't want people to think, oh, it's just going to be her most of the time. Oh, God, no, 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 no. I mean, art's in it front and center. I mean, I, I think they have equal billing at this one. Cool. That's awesome, man.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you've been super busy on the working on Terrifier 2 uh, in the recent years. But is there any other projects you're working on outside of uh, Terrifier 2 and Art the Clown?
2: Yeah, like I said, uh, Stream is one of those. I mean, like, I'm still thinking about one more scene to film. They they took a little bit of a break because they're trying to raise a little bit more money because they decided to add another kill kill scene into it they want to get some more horror alumni involved with. And so it's it's really cool. Damien's doing the practical effects for it as well. So it's, the kills are pretty gnarly in this thing as well. And the storyline is pretty cool they this is another thing that they hope is going to become a franchise and it's, it's they've got some really cool ideas for this going forward as well which i think is going to be fun but it's like just having all these like horror alumni legends on the set all working together on something has been really awesome too i just i i i kind of didn't even feel worthy to be on set with some of these people but it was it was a great learning experience like just even like days when I wasn't in a scene with Jeffrey Combs, I was like, can I please just come to set and watch? Yeah, this? yeah. I'm like, I, I love to watch great character actors work and see their what all they do. And and, and even if they mess up, it, it's like, oh, that puts me more at ease. I'm like, oh, see, everybody messes up. It's okay to mess up. It's you know, That's why you do multiple takes and stuff like that. Because it makes people more human, and, but you learn so much. And I was like, because oh, I, I love Jeffrey is a, a, a Jeff, is like, you know, a, an actor. He's such a great character actor. It's, there's so much I love the type of characters he plays. I, I really wanted to watch him, especially. But yeah, just working with all these people has been amazing. And it's, I've become friends with him through it all, too. So just like, this is amazing. I, I never imagined I would be like, you know, rubbing elbows with Tony Todd and <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I mean, you mentioned
0: like, D Williams off the top too, man. Oh, and D Wallace, yeah. D Wallace, I apologize. Yeah. That that's gotta be incredible. Oh, I mean, D's awesome. Yeah.
2: She's awesome. She's like America's mom yeah. <laughs> in <many ways. laughs> It's just like she's been in everything. And it's just and she is just the biggest sweetheart. And she's so good. Like there's a saying that she's into this as it's, it's like just kind of heartbreaking watching some of the stuff she was doing. I was like, oh, God, I feel bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's so, uh, it's, it, that's what I loved about this. It's, just, it's been pure joy doing this. I feel so fortunate to be able to you know, do this with my... I never imagined I'd be doing yeah. this kind of stuff in my life. It's like... Because uh, we, we, we basically quarantined ourselves in a hotel for about a month and a half in, um, in, in Gettysburg last year. And filmed a lot of this, and so we're all just living together in this hotel, and it's like, you know, like who, who's going to be the the celebrity that drops by for a few days? And something like, oh, hey, <laughs> we're all hanging out with this person this week, and this person is like, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> it's almost like uh, the summer camp you always wish you could have went to, you know? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh god,
2: yeah. It was also funny too because we we're filming this, and even though it was in the middle of winter last year, and the, they still had guests at this hotel but the hotel didn't tell these people where they had that we were filming a horror film oh no <laughs> i almost died <laughs> i i was like one night where uh, there's a scene where i'm stalking my victims around the hotel and stuff like that and i'm oh i looked scary as anything covered in blood and we got this crazy lights going on and stuff like that and i'm stalking down this hallway doing repeated takes and me going down the hallway looking for my victim And all of a sudden, this woman just comes out of her room and just starts yelling. It's like, whatever you are doing, it's very effective. (laughs) We are Second Amendmenters, and you almost got shot. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, we're filming a horror movie.
0: Info that we were filming a horror horror
2: movie. No one told you that we're (laughs) filming a horror movie. Oh, my God. We are so Sorry and she like took video of it she was filming through her her peephole and and, and so you, you see me going by and i'm like oh my god that is terrifying
0: can we use your footage please <laughs>
2: yeah 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 i think they 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 interviewed her for some behind the scenes stuff because oh, i it's got cool. to but she was like apparently standing behind that door with her gun just
0: expecting me to like do something i'm oh, like
1: no oh my god
0: so tell me how you almost died adam (laughs) so is there so take yourself out of your current situation right now and you could pick any dream role anytime any arrow where where would you put yourself and what character you take over
2: well that's very easy this guy right here
0: yes (laughs) that's what i'm talking
2: about that is my dream role that is i mean i've played him of course on nightwing So that's where I was really, you know, really building the character and experimenting with him. But I really want to play him in a more professional venue, especially, I I mean, it would be fun to play him in a movie, of course. But I really want to play him on a TV series. Mm -hmm. That way I can spend a lot more time with the character. He's such a nuanced character. Yeah, you really can't tell a really truly good Joker story in two hours. It's just like, there's so much to dig into with that character. And I would really love to have that luxury of just really diving deep into him. I, I mean, I, I look at the, you know, like one of my favorite stories of him is from the recent death of the family when it's the one where he had cut off his face. Oh and yeah, yeah. Kidnapped the whole entire bat family. Cause he's trying to, you know, make Batman Batman again. He thinks his family has made him weak. And it yeah. really delves deep into that whole duality of Batman and Joker and the history between the two of them and what drives both of them and why they do what they do to each other. And it's just so so character driven and I would just oh God, there's so much that happens in that. I, would, I mean that's something you would need to take a season of a TV yeah. show to really flesh out that story. I mean, that's how Harley finally got fed up with him, too. Because okay. he, like, locks her into this room, chains her up to a wall, and there are all these skeletons of other past Harley Quinns. And he's like, what? You thought you were the only one? <laughs> yeah. <And he's> like, <laughs> no, you're nothing to me. I never loved you. You're only a means to an end for me. It's like, It's just, oh, there's such a good Joker story. And it's it's that's something I would really love to do with him because it's like that's the one thing like in in, in the live action versions they have never truly done Joker right. Yeah, they live a lot on the table.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They
2: They, never have done him right. And it drives me crazy because it that 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 it's because especially in that story arc, they really so when I read it as like, ah, this makes this character make so much more sense to me. And it's Batman's talking about um, his eyes, his pupils, especially with his eyes. He's like, his pupils dilate a certain way when he looks at me as opposed to anybody else. And the only reason someone's pupils do that is from a psychological perspective is when they're in love with someone. And it's like, not like romantic love necessarily, but just like when they're just so obsessed and, and infatuated and uh, yeah. fascinated with someone. And that's, that's the thing. It's that Joker sees him as that final piece to his puzzle that completes him. He needs Batman. And he's never going to kill Batman because he needs him. He'll kill everybody else who's associated with Batman, but he will never kill Batman because that's what completes him. Yeah. He needs him in his life. And it's just, that's what drives him. He 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 doesn't give a damn who Batman actually is. Right. He doesn't want to know he's Bruce Wayne. He, I'm sure he figured that out years ago. But he's like, fuck it. I don't care. That's not who. <laughs> that's not Batman. Batman's Batman. Bruce Wayne is not Batman. That's just a mask Batman puts on.
0: Yeah, I remember that that monologue that he had uh, about halfway through. Uh, the death of the family, where he talks about masks and the different masks mm-hmm. that people wear to kind of pass through society, and when he started talking yeah. about Bruce Wayne being a mask, I was—I've never really thought about Batman's uh like alter alter ego being his mask, Batman being yeah. the main face, and then Bruce Wayne, you know, not. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and just the in also to the passions you have for mm-hmm. that dynamic between. Joker and Batman, that's something that I, I, that's why it's my favorite thing in yeah. comic book history is the Batman Joker dynamic because there is so much, there's this just lusty animosity that yeah. comes into play and it's just so beautiful and, and it can be told over multiple arcs, which we see, you know, oh, really could be. And the one thing, and I was thinking about this too when you're talking about it, something I would love to see you do in, in an mm-hmm. acting situation because the way that you bring uh, like a like a twisted creepiness to art if you were able to do the bat who laughs if mm-hmm. you could if you could take on <laughs> that form of the joker the way that he operates in like the multiverse and everything i think you oh, yeah devastate. as the oh that would be laughs. fun that yeah. would be fun it's us oh,
2: such a nuanced character that's what i i love villains like that that have depth to them and it's just like i i just find them fascinating i, I i'm that's why i love about playing villains they're always so so much more interesting to me. there's like something that really makes them take what made them go bad that's always been something interesting to me it's like what makes this person take why did they choose this path in life and it's like i mean it's like i would love to play riddler too because there's like there's a lot you can delve into him too it's like he's a totally different character than joker and he's he's driven by ego like he thinks he's the smartest man in the room yeah yeah. And I and I love that aspect of him. I'm, I'm interested to see what Paul Dano is going to do with him next week with the new Batman movie and
0: stuff. Yeah, like that. for like, sure.
2: It's like when they first cast him as Riddler. I'm like, oh, he'd be a good Riddler. Oh my god, yeah, he he he's he's that kind of. I mean, like, yeah. But I I'm not crazy about the the aesthetic look of him. Of course, I I don't feel like that's Riddler. But we'll see what they do with it. It's <laughs> like but that's the kind of role I see like Jeffrey Combs would have been wonderful. Yeah, Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's exactly. like he, he would have been a great riddler. He would have been a great scarecrow as well.
1: Yeah.
0: I want to see Bill Mosley be scarecrow to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, that
2: <was> cool <laughs> yeah. I can tell him
0: or Richard break. I'm not... Yeah. Oh yeah. That creepy as hell. Yeah. So we, we are getting towards the end of our time with you. And Aw, man. I know. And we've, <laughs> we did every second you've given us. Uh, so before we ask you for one more final favor, cause you've already given us mm-hmm. so much. Um, can you just tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find Terrifier, where they can find your ongoing projects, just for everyone to hear where they can go to find your stuff.
2: Yeah, you can um, just follow me on Facebook and Instagram under David Howard Thornton. That's where I'm at. Um, I also have a cameo page. If anybody wants me to wish I a happy birthday or something like that, I I, I basically charge what I charge for a you know combo at a, a convention for that so i'm not trying to make people go broke or anything like that so cool. it's like, I, I want to be as accessible as possible fans but oh, still okay. also make a little bit of extra income on the side well, you, got you, to, you got to you got to that's the part of the, the business part of show business i guess you got got to say but it's like yeah that's where you can find me and i i try to you know get back as much as i can to the fans as well i i, it's like, I think people are like god dave you you answer everybody. I like, I try. I try. And that's because like, it's the fans that got us where we are. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan myself of you know others. So I was just like, yeah, it's. I I know how cool it was for me when I heard from other people I was a big fan of. So it's like I. That's why I try to interact as much as I can.
0: Awesome, and and you've been great to us as two big fans of yours. That everything you're saying rings true. I mean, you were. You responded to my message. I mean, I I gushed a lot on my initial task. <laughs> you were so nice and polite to me. Um, so thank you again for that. That was that was very kind of you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. How uh, so, to do it. Yeah. So the one last thing I gotta ask you. So we we tested our listeners. We throw out listener mm-hmm. polls on Tuesdays and we asked them if they were scared of clowns because mm-hmm. anticipation of having you on here. And our listeners think they have big brass balls and they think that they're not scared of clowns. So I was wondering, can you tell our fans? why they need to be scared of clowns why you should be afraid of clowns because they put you at
2: ease they draw they know how to draw you in and make you vulnerable and that's when they get you i mean it's like a a great example that was the the cat lady scene in part one yeah where he preys on her vulnerability her want to be a mother Mm -hmm. and draws gets her into that comfort area and then gets her and I, i think that's that's what can be so scary about clowns because they're supposed to be something that's so innocent, so, something that's supposed to bring joy and laughter to people. That's how they draw you and they entertain you. They make you happy. They make you giggle a little bit. They put you at ease, and they can, boom, get the knife right in you or get the syringe right into
0: your yeah. jugular, or get the saw. You know. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then
2: woo-hoo.
0: So the David- worst
2: gynecology exam ever,
0: <laughs> or the best one, however you want to look at it. Yeah, and- who's doing it <laughs> yeah. so david again thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and i, I really hope to after terrifier 2 comes out that maybe we could do this again and yeah. talk more about the future plans and i definitely want to talk to you more about uh your the other movie you're talking your new project is coming out as well mm-hmm. i i, I want to just know more you yeah, know stream oh yeah i just yeah there's I, gonna I, be a
2: lot to talk about
0: <laughs> i'm hungry for more so please uh good uh, yeah i'd love to have you back on and of course and good luck to you! And thank you so much again for your work and for Terrifier and for everything else that's going to be coming to our, you know. thank Yeah,
1: you. thank you. Thank you for your time. We, I'm, I'm floored. Thank you so much. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Thank you for your support. Yeah, absolutely. So, good luck! And if you guys want to know what's going on with David Howard Thornton, you just follow him on all social media, and just make sure you tell him that the boys sent you. Sure. So, until next time, see you later, see you guys. <laughs> Bye, David. Bye, Ned. <laughs>